What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. Joined on the other side, David Lake. We are coming to you on a Tuesday afternoon on the eve of National Signing Day. Uh, but there's not any recruiting to talk about at all. <laughs> um, Miami is done, or pretty much done, unless barring some huge last-minute surprise. I mean, you never know, but uh, things look like they are wrapped up on the recruiting front for the Hurricanes, at least for a few more months when it comes to um, guys that will dress in 2021. So instead, we are going to talk about some coaching news. I think we teased it a little bit on the last podcast how – Um, There were potentially some changes and that happened. So David, first off, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Like you were saying this, it's, it's weird to me, man. I've been doing this. So 2008 was my first real recruiting cycle. I covered in depth and this is the first year. I mean, ever since the the early signing period has been a thing uh, it's been trending this way where the national signing day isn't as important or isn't as eventful, I guess you'd say. And, and now we're at the point where when you have the early signing period uh, being supplemented with the transfer portal, there's just really not much going on on, on National Signing Day for a lot of teams. And, and Miami is one of those teams. So kind of weird, but I think we should at least acknowledge, and we've talked about it in the past, but Miami has done a nice job of uh, talent acquisition already in the early signing period and transfer portal. So uh you know, it, we should gloss over national signing day just cause there's nothing going on, but at the same time, recognize that Miami's done a nice job of adding talent to the roster. Yeah. Um, we, we've discussed at length, the whole counter mm-hmm. situation. So I don't really need to get into it. I will say though, to echo your standpoint, uh, or perspective on signing day, I, I did a national podcast and I was like, yeah, I feel like this signing days that dessert you kind of get at the end of like a really filling meal where you like pick at it. it, It's there, but it's, you're not craving it. There's not a lot going on. Does that make sense? It does. And and honestly, I think the thing that's really killed it is the portal just with the portal becoming more of a thing. More teams are just supplementing what's left with the counter situation through the portal rather than high school. So It'll be it'll have an interesting domino effect. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that in future podcasts with, you know, high school guys looking for homes and there's no spaces, et cetera, et cetera. But um, well, anyways, no, um, let me let me ask you real quick, because I said this when Gabby was on the podcast. I wanted your take. Like if I'm Miami, I would not sign more than 20 high school kids a cycle uh, in current. Yeah. And like I, I think you could make a case like 18 might be more the number you take. Yeah. I mean, you know, every year you got to kind of evaluate how your roster looks, but yeah, I mean, I think 18 to 20, especially, you know, Miami clearly is a destination school for the transfer portal for many reasons. Um, And so Miami should keep leaning into that, I think. Uh, But, you know, Miami still does need to devote a lot of energy into signing a very talented high school crop as well, because that's really the key to success for building a, a championship level roster. Yeah. Well, no more projects. sounds like that's going to no be the, that's gonna be the yeah. MO. Um, okay. So coaching news, Blake Baker, I guess, was that over the weekend or on Friday? I don't even know. He is out. He right. is headed to LSU. He's going to be the assistant linebackers coach. Um, 
not surprising. We knew that if it was the, it made sense from, for him from a financial standpoint, it was probably going to happen. Um, I will say this. I think that Blake was put in a very difficult position from the jump, uh, given how everything was set up. Uh, sure. And you can make a case he was set up in some ways for failure, just kind of working. Hold on. Sorry. Someone was walking through my side yard. Um, <laughs> don't know who that person was. Um, you, you know, it was a difficult situation. I think Manny had a bigger role in the defense than most people realize in 2020. Um, so that's why me and you were not surprised that Manny came out and said he was going to have even more of a role. I don't think much really changed, but Blake's out. That opened up a new spot and in comes Travis Williams from Auburn. Uh, goes by T. Will, good friend of T. Rob. Mm-hmm. I think you, you you told the story. What? Uh, Trav or T. Rob named his kid after T. T. Will. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly he named his one of his sons or one of his kids Travis after him. So they are very tight. Um, and you know sometimes you can just see the dominoes falling from a mile away. So if this scenario did happen. Uh, where Miami was looking for a linebackers coach, it just made perfect sense for Travis Williams to join the staff. And, uh, you know, the more I dig into him, you know, I, I, I think it's a great fit. Um, you know, he, he's recruited at an extremely high level. He, he's landed a five-star guy at Auburn, Owen Pepo. Am I saying that name right? Do you know how to say his name? I think that's correct. And, you know, he's also developed all every year. He's had basically an SEC, all SEC caliber linebacker, where that's first team, second team, third team. Um, He's had very strong linebacker play every year he's been at Auburn, which is since 2016. Um, And also too, you know, when you see from the Auburn side of things, their fan base, uh, their beat writers, you can tell um, the Auburn side, they're kind of like wondering why, Travis Williams was not retained. Like, you know, he's just a guy that's beloved at Auburn. He's a former player, Auburn player, and he did a good job as a coach there. So he's well-respected both as a recruiter, developer. And, you know, I think that's, you know, we talk about a lot about how the cornerback recruiting needs to improve. I think you could make that argument too about linebacker, right? I think last year's crop was pretty good. I think Corey Flagg is better than I expected him to be. I think Tyreek Austin Cave has a lot of talent to work with. I like Avery Huff too. He's he's the class before. Um, but before these two cycles, the, the recruiting hasn't really been up to the standard that it needed to be. I think Travis Williams can help change that. And I think he can also uh, develop guys, get the most out of guys uh, that are on the current roster. So a few things to unpack here. You, everyone does say in the industry uh, that T. Will is is quite the recruiter. If you were on social media uh, and you follow recruits, you, you saw kind of the reaction. Yeah, a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of kids like him. I think there's uh, Terrence Lewis had a tweet, kind of yeah. like uh, what? <laughs> um, you know, I think from a recruiting standpoint, this is absolutely an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, but is Manny going to let him go get his guys? I think a lot of people in, uh, you know, not in Coral Gables, but a lot of Miami fans want to put all this blame 
on Blake Baker for the linebacker play over the past few years. I mean, those weren't Blake's guys. Like, so, you know, is, is, is Manny going to go allow T will to recruit what he wants to recruit? We'll see. That's, that's not my hesitation. I just think that needs to be brought up, but I do think he is going to be able to go get some dudes. Um, I know Auburn fans are kind of upset that he is not being retained or, or, or he's leaving because, uh, the Tigers were in line to sign a top 100 linebacker and Trevin Wallace, a kid out of Georgia, who's still on the market. And like I said, you know, if there's anything crazy for Miami that happens on Wednesday, I mean, I don't, they're, they're, they don't have numbers, right? There, there is right. no numbers, but you know, that would be, I, I do think if Miami had a number, they would be getting Trayvon Wallace, uh, that, that linebacker and his recruitments, it's Kentucky. I think trending on, on the crystal ball. Auburn was in there. Um, so like that's how good of a recruiter he is where Miami probably could have got a kid who was never considering Miami uh, a few days before signing day. So I, I do think it's an upgrade there. I mean, I don't know much about him as a coach, uh, right. but I'm, I'm interested to see how Manny kind of pieces these new recruiters around in, in not only South Florida, but in the state of Florida mm-hmm. and, and what they're able to do um, in terms of that 22 cycle. So, okay, the, the defensive coaching staff is set now, right? And, you know, I don't know necessarily if, if we want to say, oh, this staff is definitely better than last year's staff, right? That's to be determined. But I think if you went, I think you could make that argument, right? Especially if you say Manny Diaz, defensive coordinator, Blake Baker, defensive coordinator. I think a lot of people would say, right, Manny Diaz is a better defensive coordinator. Um, you know, safeties coach, Travaris Robinson, Ephraim Banda, um, you know, maybe call that a wash, but I think a lot of people w- would feel like Travaris Robinson might be able to help get better cornerbacks. Um, you know, the cornerback coaching situation, I think DVD has recruiting potential. We got to see it first, but the potential is there. Development-wise, I didn't have the biggest issue with Mike Rumpf as a developer, but, you know, again, with DVD, that's to be determined as well. Defensive line, um, you know, I think the recruiting there might be a wash, but I think what, what Manny was looking for there was, was a guy who could coach that position at a higher level, get more out of those guys, And they feel like that's an upgrade there with Jess Simpson compared to Todd Stroud. So, um, you know, he, he definitely made some moves on the defensive side. And I wrote on the site today, you know, at this point, I think it's fair to trust Manny because he is kind of a, a beast in the off season, right? Last year, he made all these moves on offense and it worked on the field and that translated into recruiting success. Uh, he's made a bunch of defensive changes and, you know, we'll see if it works on the field and translate to recruiting success as well. Um, and, you know, there's another interesting addition too to the football staff. He's not a coach, but Bob Shoup was uh, added as well as an analyst. Um, you were the one who kind of passed that nugget on to me. What, what did you hear about that? Well, I just knew he was already working in Coral Gables. So, right. <laughs> That's kind of how I knew. I, I mean, um, I think what we should bring up, David, is like, what do these analysts do? Because I think we get those that question right. more than everything. And 
look like the, the big power brokers in college football, they have a ton of these guys behind the scenes. And I think once Manny was hired, he kind of made it a priority to try to get more analysts and more um, guys and off the field roles that can help advise. And I I don't think they can do much on field coaching. I might be wrong, uh, but they can watch practice. They can watch film. uh, They can game plan. They can recruit. Um, And at Alabama, I mean, they have a, a, a long list of staffers, like, I didn't even know, uh, was it Mike Stoops who just got hired by FAU? Like, he was an analyst at, Correct. <laughs> at Oklahoma. I was like, what? Um, and, you know, Miami did lose an analyst in, in, in Telly Lockett. He went to uh, Marshall, Marshall. Mm-hmm. for an on-field role. Um, but this, this, to me, I mean, get more defensive minds in there. Has Manny commented on, on what exactly he will do or, or no? No. So Manny is going to talk to the media on Wednesday. So like a, a signing day press conference, you know, where mainly, you know, from my perspective, we're going to be talking about the new coaching staff. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, he hasn't, he hasn't commented on it. I would assume, right. That, um, you know, I've talked about how I don't mind the Manny D- Diaz calling the defense move, but I am a little curious to see if that, um, you know, works them a little thin from a head coach perspective, right? right. Like, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of duties to handle as a head coach, but when you bring in a guy like Bob Shoup, who, you know, is a respected defensive coordinator, he's been a defensive coordinator at Vanderbilt, Penn state, Tennessee, Mississippi state. Uh, and he's had success at, at each one of those schools, um, at, in various years. Um, so I would assume, you know, look, Bob Shoup can help build a game plan. Bob Shoup can help give personnel notes or ideas in terms of how to use guys, put them in position to make plays. I don't think, I don't think Bob Shoup is going to be the type of analyst that helps much in recruiting. He wasn't really known as a recruiter when he was a on-field coaching staff member, like as a defensive coordinator, he's just not known. I don't think they need like recruiting help though on defense now. (laughs) Right. Right. I'm just saying that I wouldn't expect him to touch that at all. I just think he's going to be like a pseudo defensive coordinator in terms of building the game plan and in terms of giving ideas on what guys do best, you know, after watching practices and games, et cetera. Um, now he can't coach during games or practices, but he can still be a part of meetings and all that stuff. So I think it's a move that makes a lot of sense. You know, when you have a guy with his pedigree on your staff as an analyst, that's, that's like having an extra coach. Right. Um, so I think it's a great move. It's a, it's a big deal. Anything else you want to address on this or, or should we take a break and, and talk a little recruiting real quick? Uh, I, one thing. This is silly, right? This is just a total like fan nugget to throw out there. But one thing I was thinking about that I found funny was, okay, you're opening the season with Alabama. Uh, If you want a coaching staff that's going to (laughs) be engaged about beating Alabama, hire a bunch of guys with Auburn pedigree, right? So you guys, yeah. Yes. Simpson, who's played at Auburn. Uh, Travis Williams played and coached at Auburn. And Travaris Robinson played and coached at Auburn. So just a silly little nugget to think about as Miami, uh, you know, 
how many days away from from that season opener against Alabama? Don't forget Rhett Lashley also coached ah, yes, at, uh, at Auburn. Yeah. Okay, quick break. Other side, going to get into some 2022 recruiting. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, David. So you actually reached out to me regarding uh, a a nugget with – Miami's 2020 recruiting. So like we said, I mean, I don't think something wild would have to happen on Wednesday for, for the class of 2021. I mean, basically Miami would have to talk a guy like Trayvon Wallace into not showing up until August. I, I doubt that happens. So let, we're going to, we, we already tried to turn the page to 2022. So that's what I want to talk about. Um, and let's, let's start right at the top with the hot button quarterback play. Yeah. Uh, Miami doesn't have a quarterback committed. Um, yeah. But Rhett Lashley is talking with a bunch of arms. And I guess you have heard that he's kind of picked up contact with one in particular lately. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't, you would know better than me in terms of like, if they have totally zeroed in on one guy as a top target, right? I don't think they have to be clear. So I am getting the sense though, that, you know, a dance is happening, so to speak between Miami and Ja'Curry Brown, who is, a dual threat quarterback from Valdosta game or Valdosta Lowndes uh, high school. And, you know, he's arguably the top dual threat quarterback in the country, a ton of potential, ton of upside. Um, And, you know, the thing I'm, I get the sense of is that there is a high level of interest uh, on both sides. So it's, it's a mutual interest and that matters right now when, you can't really get guys on campus yet. There's no visits allowed yet. Um, and it's just, you know, we're still in this COVID era of recruiting. So um, the mutual interest does matter right now. Yeah. Um, and there's also will, some, there's something big with it too, right? In, in Jacuri's recruitment. Right. So uh, Florida, right? Florida is kind of perceived as uh, the heavy favorite to land them, right? Yeah, And that's probably still the case. Like, I'm not going to say Florida's not the favorite, but I do think uh, Florida might have come back to the pack a little bit uh, because Brian Johnson, who is the quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator at Florida, has moved on to the NFL. And I think Ja'Curry, you know, from what I hear, Ja'Curry, uh, you know, really had a nice connection with Coach Johnson. And, you know, that was one of the really appealing parts of Florida. Now, Dan Mullen, of course, has a strong hand in the offense, probably runs the offense too. Um, but I think Ja'Curry really liked the idea of playing 
under Brian Johnson as well. So I do think Florida probably is still the team to beat, but I don't think it's as much of a slam dunk anymore as it once was, you know, before Brian Johnson moved on to the NFL. Yeah. So um, I've heard, I haven't heard similar things. I do know that Rhett has liked Jacari Brown. I remember David, me and you went up and we were at the Wintersville Classic in October before that Clemson game. And that was supposed mm-hmm. to be Jake Garcia against Jacari Brown and Jake didn't play, but we did get to see Jacari Brown. Um, I've probably interviewed him three or four times in person mm-hmm. and I've always gotten a Florida vibe to him. But as soon as I saw that Brian Johnson had left Florida and was going to the league, uh, I think I texted you. I'm like, I think this is a big loss for Florida. He kind of spearheaded the Gators uh, recruiting efforts in um, Miami-Dade at Palmetto. You know, I saw him on the road a few times, and I I, I knew a ton of quarterbacks, including Ja'Curry Brown, liked him. Um, now, from an evaluation standpoint, I think me and you would both agree that Ja'Curry has a ways to go as a passer. Yes. But he is a dynamic, dynamic, in my eyes, runner. Um, yes, yes. And, and if you took and body type, he's right? A, he's a he's a grown man. But go ahead. Oh, and, and look, I think you you got a, a more of a pure passer in Jake Garcia in that twenty one class. So maybe you take a guy who can who can run and, and you try to work with and, and get him there as as a passer. Now I'm not saying he's Derek King going to return a kickoff in the open field or anything like that, but I think out of most of the 2022 dual threats i think he is probably the best runner of the group i would put him uh way ahead of of zion turner in that department um so it's intriguing to me and you know let's see what happens Uh, i would assume he's going to visit a ton of different schools whenever this thing opens back up but miami has got him on campus before um and rhett lashley's in his ear and i'll say this about jacuri too and i think you would agree I think he understands, he knows, like I have a ways to go as a passer. And I think he knows he needs to work on that area of his game. And I think he's willing to put the work in. Um, so to me, that matters. Also too, I think he's got that uh, intangible thing about him too, right? He's just a magnetic type of guy. He's a winner. Uh, you know, players are, are drawn to him and that matters at the quarterback position. So there is a lot to like about him. Again, I think the upside is through the roof with him. If you, I texted you, if you get him to be like a B minus level passer, I think he's going to be a problem to defend at the college level because of his athleticism. And, and, you know, if you get him to the level as a passer where you have to respect that area of his game at the college level, um, he's going to, he's going to give defensive coordinators headaches. So I, I like it. If, if they zero in on Ja'Curry Brown, I like that move. I'm um, talking about some other positions. I know me and Gabby in that post-battle uh, Miami 7-on-7 seven seven tournament really kind of did a deep dive. Um, I was up in Orlando over the weekend, went to another 7-on-7 seven seven tournament, way more Central Florida based guys. One guy I, I got to see, not actually play because he had to go to a basketball game but I got to size him up for the first time since June was Jaden Gibson, uh, a kid out of West orange, which is right there in winter garden, uh, six, six, 185 pounds getting offers by the day, big junior season. And from what I've heard, uh, over the past couple of days, he is like at the top, top, top of Miami's board. 
Uh, have you seen him? Do you have any thoughts on him? I haven't seen him, so tell me about him. Well, uh, to me, it's something that Miami has not had in their receiver room. Like there are not guys built like him um, that can run like him and, and create separation. Mm-hmm. I, th- I still think he's, you know, raw. But what has Miami really missed since I guess Daryl Langham and, and and Lawrence Cager has left? Uh, you know, for as right. long as D Wiggins is, he's not really the most physical of receivers. And I think Miami thinks. Jaden Gibson could be that on the backside, uh, be a big target. So he's certainly intriguing, a, a guy that if you're just kind of penciling in a list, you know, of, of names to kind of follow in the 2022 cycle, I think he, the, the receiver board's got to probably start with him. And then, like okay. you said, Ja'Curry Brown as well. Who would be the top competition for Jaden? Well, he, he literally just got offered by Florida. Uh, Dad, I think, walked on. At UF, I don't know how long he played there. He's also had an uncle that played there. Kind of the same thing, got hurt. You know, I straight up asked him, I'm like, if Florida offers, is this like a done deal? And he told me no. I mean, he could also be lying to me. But I didn't get the sense where it was like, all right, this is the offer I want. This is the offer I want. It's my dream school. I I think he's going to look around. Um, He has been been to Miami before, visited. Wow, that was like a year ago Um, when he was a a, a no one. He knows Likens. Uh, So I think... I'm waiting for like an Alabama to get involved. And like, I don't know if he's Alabama level, but I want to see if one of these big, big boys kind of pulls the trigger, maybe like a Notre Dame. You know, I think Notre Dame seems to really like big receivers. Miles Boykin, Chase Claypool. I think he's kind of in that mold. I actually see, I actually see like a lot of like Lawrence Cager in him as well. And I know Mm. Miami fans are going to moan and groan, but um, Lawrence Cager made some big catches down the stretch and is in the NFL. So Sure. You're gonna, if you're going to get that, like I think you take it. Let me ask you too. The fan base super excited about Kamari Wilson. Are you hearing anything there with Miami other than strong relationship with T. Rob, all that stuff? Yeah, you know he put out what was it on right on Twitter that it was a commitment coming soon. I, I talked to someone kind of close to him. I don't know if they're in his camp, and they kind of gave me the impression that they think this recruitment's going well into the distance. He'll be a signing day kid and. Okay. You know, that's just Kamari trying to drum it up. You know, my, Miami absolutely is in it. South Carolina w- was involved with Kamari because of T-Rob. Um, so I, I think Miami will, will have a hat on the table and be in it till the end. But the one school I did hear from uh, multiple people when I asked, hey, is this kid committing? It was, well, you know, Alabama seems to kind of be a concern. So we'll see. But I, I think Miami is going to be involved with him. And one other thing I wanted to ask you, this is like a big picture thing. Do you think this 2022 cycle is going to be more patient in terms of like spring commitments due to, you know, visits not happening and also just coaches not being able to get on the road during last fall and see guys, do you think it's going to be a slower, a slower burn this cycle? I don't know. I I tweeted this out. um, I think it was like Thursday after, FSU landed a commitment from Aaron Hester and edge rusher up in the Jacksonville area. Like by my count, he was the ninth prospect um, in the class of 2022 from Florida to make a verbal commitment. And like, I don't have previous, yeah, I don't have previous data numbers, but like, I think you could go back a few cycles and like both, you know, Miami and Florida and even Florida state would all have nine commitments right now. Um, So I guess the rumor or a lot of people think 
in April, uh, that April 15th date, the NCAA is going to let kids go on the road on their own um, and make visits, but college coaches won't be able to get out there. So if that happens, I think it could turn into a, a, a flurry of commitments. You know, everyone's going to have these big junior days. They're going to try to get guys and, you know, how does that work? Because you don't want a mass event with, with masks and all that. But I do think um, once it, it will be the most important it's ever been to, to have some recruiting intern be able to accurately take some kids height and weight and wingspan. Uh, right. So, yeah, I, I, I do think so. But you also got to remember, you know, I think with just the amount of people in the portal, schools are going to be very cautious about who, they take in that class of 2022. Like, I don't think they're just going to take a guy to take a guy and then try to dump them at the end. You know, I think they're going to be selective and just see how the numbers shake out. All right. I think, I think that's all we got for this podcast, right? I think we should say, Andrew, um, I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but you know, now that we're in the off season, maybe, you know, until spring football, expect maybe one, one podcast a week, quant, quality over quantity. I mean, of course, if, if there's an emergency podcast situation that pops up, we'll jump on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, things are slowing down, but, but we're still gonna, still gonna provide podcasts. And, uh, let me, let me draw attention to, uh, if you, if you're listening to this before Wednesday, uh, at 11 59 PM, uh, there's a 60% off annual subscription, uh, to join inside the U, uh, VIP level. So that gets you 43 bucks. So a year's worth of inside stuff for 43 bucks. Um, I think it's going to be a fun year for Miami football. So if you want to jump on board, we certainly appreciate it. If you want to support this podcast, we appreciate it, you know, with the, with the VIP subscription. So want to bring attention to that. And then, you know, like I said, Wednesday, we get to talk to Manny Diaz and all the new coaching hires. So We'll have plenty of content on the website coming out of that media session. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Take care, guys.